a brick still standing. Patty Gasol have you running through it. Coming up at, well, let's see here. 10 a.m. Let me carve out 10 a.m. as some time for a little OU softball talk. So, softball diehards, 10 a.m. will reconvene, and I'll lay out the weekend that was and the week ahead. And OU baseball fans, holy smokes, big time. On that national stage, stories that are out there that maybe we'll touch on today, after the Phoenix Suns spent most of the year clowning teams that complained about injuries. Oh, you wouldn't have to worry about injuries if you had depth like Phoenix. Heard that a lot, Josh. Heard that a lot from a very cocky and arrogant Suns fan base. Oh, well, look what's just happened. One guy goes down, whole thing's crumbling. Though I do want to give credit to the Pelicans, whose beak can hold more than its belly can. Because I, Brandon Ingram's a star, man. He is a star. And I don't know what Zion's going to look like, but this team seems positioned to – and if C.J. McCollum sticks around, Josh, that's, that's a chance to be a team that's going to be a problem for a while in the West. I know it's 2-2, and I'm getting drunk off the game last night, but we'll hit on that. Ben Simmons is apparently out again tonight in a must-win game for the Brooklyn Nets. That had everyone feeling some sort of way. Though I did have to laugh. I did have to, I had to laugh because suddenly, I guess what, Reggie Miller throws a tweet out yesterday, and it becomes, oh, my gosh, look at what Reggie Miller said. That's just wow. That's, I'm like, sometimes we act like we haven't been paying attention to sports over the last year. What Reggie Miller said is minor as compared to what most Phoenix, uh, Philadelphia 76er fans have said about Ben Simmons. That's out there. And, of course, you all know my number one passion this week is the National Football League draft. I've got th- three guarantees, Josh. Three. Gu- I guarantee. What's the line from Tommy, Bo- uh, Tommy Boy? You can stick your head up. A- well, I guess we can't use it here, but. Guarantee, right there on the box, three things I know are going to happen on Thursday. I hope you guys can catch the sarcasm, but three guarantees that we'll get to later on in the program. But listen, all those all those are stories. All those are worthy of conversations, but, I mean, my gosh, Josh, how about Saturday inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium? Wow. Incredible. And the fans are the superstar from this past weekend. We can break down, discuss what Dylan Gabriel, how he looked, what he did out there. Javante Barnes, it was a nice debut performance for him. I thought Eric Gray uh, did a couple of nice things on Saturday. Wide receivers, Theo Weiss, right, said that maybe the number one thing that could happen in this red-white spring game for Oklahoma would be seeing that Theo Weiss is healthy, and it didn't take long. We just had uh, the one target, one grab for 48 yards, but that was very important to see. But again, out of all of the different player performances we can break down, discuss, and overanalyze and react to, the fans, the Oklahoma fans, they answered the call. I, I I felt the Theo Weiss play. I wasn't yet in the stadium, but we were just pulling up. And when I look, I haven't got to watch the whole uh, replay yet. I mean, obviously, it's <laughs> I, I was there, but I like to rewatch the games just to maybe catch some things I missed. But I got to tell you something, Josh. That 
raucous uh, applause whenever that play happened, the Theo Weiss play early, big deal. Big deal, I thought. So I also found myself on Saturday, and by the way, good morning. I know we came out of the gate hot. We had a lot lot to get to, and I saw TJ. I was like, ooh, I I bet TJ doesn't know that story. Did you know that story about the girl pointing Brito to the bench on Friday night in the second game of the doubleheader? Did Joey tell you about it? No. (laughs) I I, I brought it up earlier, but I was saying that a pitcher when she struck out Brito, she pointed her to the bench. Elam hit a home run on the very next at bat. It was was fantastic. Patty kind of talks about it coming up at 10 a.m. But, listen, I – I found myself, as we quickly get back to the spring game, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, 405-329-9000. If you want to pick uh, pick up the phone and give us a call, Law Offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. Who caught your eye? Who stood out? Who was maybe someone that impressed you? Air Comfort Solutions, a text line, 651-3439-405-651-3439. And of course, on Twitter, Josh on Ref, I'm at Plank Show. But Josh, I just I found myself. Oh, don't watch that that video of that woman in the MMA fight. I mean, watch it, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like whoever booked that battle is not a very nice person. But anyway, I digress. I found myself many times on Saturday, just in awe of of what I was in the midst of, and I don't even know. I don't even know if there's times where I I would see every play that was happening because you just look around and there's so many little things that I I'm noticing because I think they matter to you and I want to talk about it on the on the network and see if Teddy and Gabe think it's it's a big deal or not and it's it's little things like how the benches are set up it's completely different how the benches are set up there's that didn't end well for her did it who, didn't end well and did not last very it, long. It didn't. It didn't look like that it was going to go well from the start. It, 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 there's a video making the rounds of an MMA fight. Where is that? In a, I don't know where it's from. It might be overseas. But there's a Karen-looking lady that's fighting, literally one of the baddest-looking females you'll see, and it goes about like you think. Someone did some digging, and apparently the girl who lost is 0-3 and has been knocked out in the first 20 seconds of all three of her fights. Maybe it's time to. Hang it up. Yeah, call it a wrap. All right, back on road. I found myself just in awe, Josh, of what was going on in the stands and then trying to see all those little things on the sidelines. Semi-circle chairs instead of coaches talking on the bench. Is that a thing we'll see during the season, or is that just with you know, it being spring and being able to try some things? Hearing Todd Bates talk to his guys for the first time. You know, I, I saw a lot of you over there uh, in that section. What is that, on the east side? Or West Saeed. You know me. I'm not good with directions. The side with the suites that faces um, Jenkins. I think that's yeah, the east, e- east side is uh, the non-press box there side. Thank you. That's an easier way to put it. But you guys that were sitting over there in that front row, you heard it on up. Man, it was awesome. There was a point in the game where he was looking for a player. Uh, and, and this just kind of shows you how you're also learning – game day procedures for some of these guys and what their expectations are. Maybe, and again, I'm not ever trying to compare anything to last year, but maybe last year their thought was, get over here, cool down, then we'll meet. Which I don't think it was every time it was straight to the bench and everyone broke out the dry erase board. I'm just I'm, I'm making an excuse here because there was a player that came off and Todd Bates looking for him, looking for him, looking for him. 
Where's X? Where's X? Where's X? And when he finally finds him, they get over there and they sit down and he, and he talks about, look, guys, I have a finite amount of time with you during series. We got, we got to go. You know, we got to get in here and we got to start working on it. I don't need to be looking for you. And I thought, wow, something Josh is minor as that is something that you can work on and, and get better at even during a spring game. So that was cool for me to see. It was cool for me to see just from somewhat of a unique perspective on the sidelines, obviously all the former players, and that's been talked about, but the family. The, the family aspect of it isn't BS. It was there. I There's a picture, and I'm going to post it on my Twitter feed too. I tend to get a little bit more interaction there <laughs> than my thousand followers on Instagram or the five I've I guess I'm I guess I'm doing okay on Facebook. I just can't stand Facebook outside of my birthday. But it's it's a picture that I took, and there's Bill Beanbow standing out, and he's at about the 35 yard line, and he's coaching his backside off. And do you know who's standing on the sidelines watching him? His son, Will. It was so cool. So cool to see that. Kids all over. And they're actually behaved, which is kind of nice. It's like, what'd you do, coach? How did that happen? How'd, how'd you get them to do that? But it was just, it was really, really neat. Yes, the former players can be talked about, and we will. Yes, obviously, the Baker aspect of this, incredible. But it's not BS. It's not some sort of coach speak where one thing happens and then the other is is being done. I'm here to tell you, I saw it firsthand, and I think many of you noticed the same thing. It it truly was. And there's there are a lot of people, right? I mean, there is a lot of people now. It takes a village. But I just think that family aspect that was hammered home with the players and the former players, Josh, I can confirm that it was the same when it comes to the staff, to the assistants, to their families. It was really cool, really cool to see. And most people don't – I know. I know most people are like – well, how'd they look on the field? How was Gabriel? And we got, you know, three hours, 245 left to talk about that. But just from, from everything that is being said, the actions are matching the words, and these actions are speaking louder than the words, which is pretty damn cool to see. So that's all the around-the-game stuff that I saw. Now for the game. Let's uh let's get a break. We'll cleanse the palate. Love it. And then we'll dive all in. Happy belated birthday to you, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, dude. It was a fun weekend. You kept it under wraps. I, I did not look at our Facebook upcoming birthdays, so you were able to sneak out sneak on Friday. Good. Yeah, I got out of here quick on Friday. I'm not really a big pre-birthday guy. I'm a big day of. Like, I love my birthday. It's your birthday. I don't care how old you are. Celebrate. So I love my birthday. And I, it's not like I'm... It's not like I'm getting presents. <laughs> it's like my favorite video that's making the rounds on either. I watch Instagram reels, and there is this guy that's taping his girlfriend, and he looks at her, and he goes, Babe, I forgot my wallet. Can you pay for dinner? And she goes, Oh, sure, absolutely. He goes, Really? She goes, Yeah, you bet. I got you. And she pulls something out of her purse. She goes, Here, you left your wallet. I saw you left your wallet in the car. Here you go. You can you can pay for it. That'd be like me on birthday presents. Like, oh, hey, th- Thanks. I wanted the other color. I wanted, it's I'm buying it, so I'm not, I don't care about gifts. I just 
I like to have fun things to do on my birthday. And so she did not pay for dinner. Well, I mean, Josh, it all comes from the same pot. <laughs> it's the best way to look at it. But no, she did not. She gave him his wallet, and that's when the video cuts off. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I might have fallen for one, but I thought it was a good one because he even has the camera kind of hidden. But my, uh, yeah, it was a great But birthday. you didn't pay for anything on your birthday. <laughs> Wait, right. <laughs> right. I, I did have a great experience at Hideaway. We went to Hideaway. After the game? After the game. A little bit Good. after the game. Um, we we waited around a long time uh, for the post-game interviews. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it was – there was a minute. In fact, I don't even know if we got any of our interviews on the network. I, I think they might – Teddy and Chad might have been able to knock out the rest of the post-game breaks before we even got a uh, an interview up to them. So there was a little bit of time, but no, we went over Hideaway, and in the parking lot was the star of hang time, Michael Turk. Oh, baby. So got a chance to talk to Turk post-game, let him know how happy Ted was for him, and then mad at him for hyping up the crowd. And then, of course, the, the Lions family is there, so that's like family to me. So I had a great – I mean, everything could not have been more perfect. Good. Well, I'm happy to hear that, man. You deserve it. Mm. And happy no, let's not get too carried away. But no, it was fun, man. And thank you to everyone who reached out. I I sent I I was in Woodward yesterday, which is I love Woodward. You know what, Woodward, that town they know how to do bronze statues. Bronze statue, a little bit of everywhere. There's one in front of a bank. There's a bronze statue for fireman in front of the firehouse. Bronze statue. They've got you covered. And they all look really good. By the way, speaking of that controversy, I know we got a break, and I know I keep. I know talking about the game is coming up. Now. The finished product looked a lot, a lot better. The way that it looked in the pictures on Friday night, I don't know how it went. Did they do some more work on it or something? Because when it's out there and it's on the the pedestal, and it's, it looks amazing. It it looks amazing. It looks it looks great. I don't know if it was just the one angle <laughs> shot that made the rounds on Twitter. The lighting of it that looked like Baker had like a 919 head. <laughs> you couldn't tell that he was wearing the headband. But the actual statue itself looks sensational. Looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was really – because I went walking by it on my jaunt to hideaway because <laughs> you weren't driving anywhere, y'all. Um, ingress, egress, baby. Good times. But I, I, I just – yeah, it was, it was amazing. I was one of those folks that was kind of initially asking the question, how did we end up with a Cristiano statue down here? (laughs) How did we wind up with this situation for Baker? And you know what? The finished product was tremendous. It was. Boy, but Friday was one of those where I was kind of like, (laughs) my buddy J-Rod, I don't know if J-Rod's listening or not, but J-Rod, whenever Sam had his statue unveiled, I'll never forget texting the show, and he's like, "I don't know who that is of the, I don't know who that statue is of that they just put up, but it's definitely not Sam Bradford." <laughs> and this had this had those kind, even though I don't think the Bradford one's bad. They never look amazing, right? I mean, outside of Woodward, baby, they never look amazing. There's always a few things that might be off about it, but I thought it ended up looking a lot better than it initially did, because you're right. Oh, that was not a good Friday night for. For Baker fans, Gerald McCoy didn't help too much either, did he? <laughs> when he compared it to the character in Terminator, 
But yeah, no, no, no. That was incredible. It, it, it looks so much better than I thought it would based on what we saw Friday night. I've got this, the very first picture that someone sent me, I literally thought it was a joke. I'll have to show it to you. And then when you get out and you actually see it, like, oh, okay, headband, wow. All right, looks pretty cool. Nike swoosh. Yes. All right, we have to break. About the game. Something about that game. Red-white game, what stood out to you? 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 329-9000. We're going to talk some softball at 10 a.m. this morning, and you'll hear from Brent Venables at the top of the 11 o'clock hour, uh, our one-on-one on the field after the game. All coming up on a busy Monday edition of The Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Sorry. I'm always kind of confused by, honestly, how I'm paid. Um, not not here. Not at Fox Sports Radio. But sometimes I'll get – I've got like three different people that will email me things, and I just got one of them that's like, hey, we need to do this. I'm like, why? <laughs> what do I do? Because <laughs> uh, this seems official. Like a so. 1044 or something? No, they said they needed a new W9. Ten ninety nine W9, two twenty two twenty one, whatever it takes. Um, I got all kinds of player interviews that we can get to. We've got uh, at eleven a.m. the Brent Venables post game on the air uh, at two p.m. What am I talking about? I look line two uh, at ten a.m. this morning. <laughs> at we're twelve seventy nine softball talk. So we got a busy show ahead, but I see Bill and Aaron on hold, and you guys at four zero five three two nine nine thousand. But I, I threw it out. It can be as general as you want. It can be as specific as you want. But what was your biggest takeaway from the spring game? Oh, are you? Oh, you're asking me? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I saw. I just saw you dive. I'm like, where did he go? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That wasn't rhetorical. That was Josh. What was your biggest takeaway before we? Go <laughs> I, to the I thought phones? you were laying the foundation. Sorry. For the sorry. Fact that gotten tweeted out. My bad. Oh man. I mean, honestly, it, it's the fan base. For me, the the reaction from Oklahoma fans to seventy five thousand strong come out, and, and we're seeing already. You know, maybe this was going to happen either way, but we're seeing the crystal ball effect. I'm looking at it here on two four seven Sports. Our man Parker Thune has been busy submitting crystal balls left and right. Brandon Drum, Steve Wiltfong have been busy as well. Wide receiver Mario Cravers, a 2024 kid. Kavion Henderson, a defensive lineman in the 24 class. Caleb Spencer, a 2023 safety. And let's see, is there anybody else? No, that covers uh, the crystal ball. Sounds like it was a good Cruton weekend then. Well, when you have 75,000 strong in a spring game, that tends to make a little bit of a statement. So that stood out to me. I told you Theo Weiss, just seeing him make that reception – in the world of overanalyzation, I absolutely am overanalyzing that Theo East, he's back, baby. He's good to roll. I thought Jaden Gibson was really, really Liked impressive. Him. Beyond that, you know, I'm sure there's some other directions you could go. Uh, Stutzman, I think Stutzman and Stripling were two of the highlights defensively for Oklahoma. What about you? I'm I'm not gonna lie. There were just so many moments where I was I was watching coaches and I was seeing how dudes responded on the field that I or responded away from the field and talking to former players. 
Well, I'm not going to lie, Josh. I would get kind of lost in that sauce. And you look out, you're like, oh, it, it, it's the end of the second quarter. What's going <laughs> on here? I, I'm really excited for Gibson to get in that Schmitty program all off season because my man was gassed at the end there for the oh, – and so was Ethan Downs, but Ethan Downs, man, that guy was playing like it was a regular season game. I think it's obvious Marcus Stripling looked great. I I thought, I thought Robert Spears Jennings looked really good. And I got I've got to go back and really dial in, but it just seemed as if the the secondary guys were pretty, pretty active. Jane Davis was out there a lot. I felt like he wasn't called a ton, so that's a good thing. And listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, they I think they're gonna be portal hunting for quarterbacks to back up Dylan Gabriel. That's not a knock on anyone, and I think Micah Bowens has a chance to be pretty good, but I I think you've got to have someone a little bit more established. I don't know who that is. I don't know if that's out there right now. But just and, – and again, Dylan's coming off of an injury that cost him an – well, uh, the, what, the latter part of the season last year. So I, I think that's one big takeaway that I have, that I don't know if anyone's clearly elevated themselves in the backup battle. Right now, either Bowens or Evers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, um, let's get some calls in here, shall we? Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Where do you want to start, Josh? Well, let's go to Bill, who is hanging on. Bill, good morning. Morning. I gather they didn't get any official commitments from the kids that came in this weekend. Not that I'm aware of. Not yet. Okay. Uh, have you seen anything where? Switzer and some of the alumni and business people formed this. Yeah, saw that. Nonprofit group. Yep. One Oklahoma. Do you think that that will help Oklahoma as far as leveling the playing field against A&M and what they're doing? Sure. Oh, absolutely. I think – I don't know. Bill, you sound like you're skeptical of it. You've you you've kind of been – No, I'm not skeptical oh, okay, of it. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, and I don't want to say – I call on another show on this – Sounds like, oh, you're jealous of a and No, I just think they're ch- paying out a lot of money to get these kids to come. Cheating. Yeah, they're, they're cheating. <laughs> Here, here's what I think it does. And, and Bill, I appreciate your phone call, man. I hope you had a good time on Saturday. I find myself in a position to where I never want to have to be reactive. I want to be proactive. Now, in, in, in life, sometimes – boy, I'm really getting preachy this morning, aren't I? In life, sometimes, Josh – you are, it's inevitable that you're going to have to react to something because you can't be on the cutting edge of everything. It's just, it, it's physically impossible. But, so it's not a failure if you have to react to something. I see this as being incredibly react or, uh, proactive. I think this is something to where, yeah, A&M and others, you might say they were ahead of the game and with what Texas came to get, uh, together and what they had put together. But I honestly... Josh, I honestly am in a situation where I think more than anything else, more than anything else, what what's going on right now, what's happening right now in in, in everything with oh, your football and oh, your softball, and, and, and listen, I can get off on a tangent here. I'm not trying to get too preachy. But it's incredibly positive. Brent preached about it. It's okay that you weren't the first in this. You've learned, and now you know how you can help everything with seeing how well things are going. You know what you can and you can't do. 
which I don't really know what you can't do. So to me, this is an incredibly proactive, positive thing. Now, from what I'm understanding, and I, if others have talked about this, I'm not trying to be like, oh, there might be more than one. In other words, there could be what Barry and, and Toby have put together, and there could be some other options out there. And that, to me, is huge. Huge. So I, I just don't, I don't want them to eat each other. So I don't know. I don't honestly understand how competitive collectives would be if that would even be a thing or if they would all just work together. I don't know. Would seem to be, you know, not not your typical competitive no. marketplace right, right, that right, right, they right. could coexist. But my point more than anything else is there is um there's a lot of reason to be excited about that. No. It's big news. It is and Oklahoma needed some sort of collective if all the other big boys are putting one together. You can't continue to play second fiddle to those guys. And this is, this was, I thought, a, a good thought on the text line from Sean. One Oklahoma will be great for football and men's hoops. It's going to make softball an even bigger monster. It puts that program way ahead of anyone else. It really does. I know, I know some might think there is a jealousy about maybe one group that gets paid and if one person does it and if one person's got bigger deals, trust me. I don't think you see that right now in softball because I think the the thirst for lessons and training and things of that nature end up being where these women are going to make a lot of money in the future. I really believe it. I mean, could you imagine right now um, like a Wednesday night Grace Line skills camp and what that's going to – I mean, it's just – it's incredible. The future now this can help, you hope, continue to magnify and build those opportunities. I will say there is there is a part of me that is just so dumb about it. I'm like, okay, now how does this work? Now what has to happen? They got to do what in order to get – just sign up? That's it? Oh, I, I, I mean, I honestly – there is so much that I'm still understanding. David Ubbin wrote a great article. I've asked him to come on to better explain it. And he's been studying it and following it. I know he's an old Big 12 guy covering Tennessee. But I, I still have a lot to learn. About collectives and yeah, how they work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know if anyone's going to be able to come in here and say, well, and get, even get a dry erase board and explain it all to me, and it still make 100% sense. <laughs> right. I think there'll still be – I need to see some of it in action. Yeah, probably some of the folks involved – involved with these collectives don't totally know how maybe. collectives work maybe. yet maybe but I, you know what at one oklahoma dang it they do i love it yeah well and that was that was the point i mean i it took me a long time to get there and i apologize but you've been able to learn from the mistakes it's okay to be reactive in some instances but i still see this as very proactive incredibly proactive and exciting all right quick break <laughs> were you trying to make sure that was not dirty <laughs> i saw you there for a moment of panic like, whoa. Well, I really like this song, but yeah, we got we got to make sure it's radio friendly. Sometimes when they say clean version, eh, you just never know. All right. Uh, let me hit your tweets and your texts when we come back. You guys are on fire. Softball talk carved out for 10 a.m. right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right. I, um, I threw something out on Twitter. I asked, what – oh, hold on. I guess I, I better properly quote myself. 
What was your biggest takeaway from the spring game? I think we kind of asked that off the top of the show too, didn't we? 405-651-3439. Um, GW Hall sent in the picture of the Sooners post-game, arms locked, singing the alma mater. Our, yeah, the alma mater. I thought that was awesome. And I love that as a tradition. I really do. I didn't get to see the pregame thing where Schmitty gets on him and they lock arms and they walk, what is it, like 20 yards? But Which is, you know where he picked that up from. Is that a Dabo thing? No. Where? It's a Kansas State thing. Really? Yeah. Think back to some of your trips to Manhattan where they walk out, locked out arm in arm, and they've got the big family block that they carry. Huh. Yeah, that's definitely a Wildcat thing. Wow. But I thought it looked cool. I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with that. I I love it. I think it's sweet. I do, too. Um, It's a lot cooler (laughs) when the Oklahoma players do it than the Kansas State guys. Quinn is in early today uh, at Dan freaking pants on Twitter. He is a must follow. He tweets at us and said, it was a fairly decent turnout for not being the mecca of college football. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I thought there's no other way around. I mean, come on. There was a lot of look what we're capable of. Look what we are. Look what we're going to be. I think that, and I also think that it led to, oh, they're, they're showing the Baker stuff on ESPN right now. I think it also led to a little bit more patience with some of the ingress and egress issues. Definitely the egress issues. I think people, by the time they got in, if they got in by halftime, I think they were happy. But it was. Yeah. It was, you know, obviously it's frustrating when you sure. can't get into the stadium. But I think, I think it would be a BV. I think that helped calm down people a little bit. Maybe. Well, I, I just think even though, yeah, that part's always going to be frustrating, everything that you mentioned there, there was there was the feeling amongst the fan base, we're not going anywhere, and we're going to show you we're not going anywhere. This program's going to be just fine minus Lincoln Riley. We love the direction that Brent Vittables has taken this. Coach told me to show up. And dang it, 75,000 of my friends and I are going to show up. So with all of that going on, you get in and you're wowed by what's going on inside the stadium. And you're quickly like, okay, well, it makes a little more sense why I I didn't get in straight away. Uh, Tyler writes, forget the X's and O's right now. It's incredible how in just four months, Brent Venables has completely changed the culture inside the program and re-energized the Oklahoma fan base. I, I don't even have words for it, man. Tyler, you're 100% right. And it's so cool to see. It is so cool to see. And I, I always feel like anytime you say something, you people are like, yeah, you tell Lincoln, you tell T. But no, no, I'm, I, that has nothing to do with it. It, to me, has to do with this vision that Brent Venables had when he became a head coach. And I was at, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I think you would have seen this same thing if he would have got a job you know, somewhere before Oklahoma. Auburn. If he would have got Auburn, I think it would have been like it would have been much different too. Because for some reason, maybe it's because Oklahoma fans crush everyone on Twitter. For some reason, everyone's quick to kind of try to undercut a lot of things now since Lincoln left. But in other words, if this would have been Auburn and it was Brent Venable's first year, it would probably be the talk of everything in college football. 
And now it's like kind of forgotten. It's like, oh, did you see that throw Caleb Williams made to Mario Williams? Crazy for the national guys. But I felt like this weekend demanded that attention. And, it did. And to me, it's about what Brent Venable's vision was when he took over a program. And it just so happened that it was a place that he was a part of a national championship and changing the culture round one. As I've said a couple of times here on this here very radio program, I just think that Oklahoma doesn't get a ton of credit because they hired Brent Venables and because he was a defensive coordinator here for as long as he was. So, you know, other hires are just getting – by national folks. I think that you and I and our, our listeners, you people out there, understand what Brent Venables is doing, but the national media – they're not giving Oklahoma credit because it's a quote-unquote, in their eyes, an easy hire. But on a weekend like this past one, sorry, you're going to have to take notice. Um, one more. Wait, oh, two, two more quick ones, and we'll, then we'll break. Burley Boomer writes, I heard this show was going to go fast, but when I saw it live, I was wowed. Let's go. Yeah, do they, they go. They absolutely go. Uh and and Jason Ferris, who I think would have a reason to be invested with this, tweeted at us and said, my biggest takeaway, the field looked really good. Dude, okay, I'm going to say this. Jason's the groundskeeper. Jason Ferris? <laughs> yeah. It looked incredible. And I'm – because I'm always looking for something to talk about on the sidelines, right? I mean, Teddy and Gabe have X and O's covered. I try to maybe be like a bench expert, a shoe expert. But a turf expert is something that I'm learning about more and more. And that field looked amazing. There's been some times where there's been challenges with the weather, right? And it's tough. It's not easy. Ask, ask Jason. You know, ask Jeff Salmon. Ask Scott Black, the guys who work around it. And, of course, Jeff now has moved on to other things. But ask those, those guys and gals who work around at 24-7, 365. It's hard. And to have a look at that good with some of the weather things we've dealt with, Incredible. I mean, first-class staff that Jason and his crew has, incredible. You know, the we were wondering what was going to be at the 25s. And how about a little nod to Baker? Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Um, look at us. 948. We got a break. 405-329-9000. It's Out. Plank's birthday week. It's my, <laughs> no, I think my birthday week is over. I'm getting – there's donuts out there today. So, I'm going to – I've already had one donut and two donut holes. This was supposed to be my healthy eating week. Hour one of the Plank Show is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167. VHFence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of through the premier fencing company in Oklahoma, VH Fence. Van Hoos Fence. Hold on. I did that wrong. Van Hoos Fence, VHFence.com. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Things I will never understand about this draft season, Josh, people talking about Kayvon Thibodeau falling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, how dare you people? Do you know? I don't, I, Who I would you rather have, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau? Thibodeau? Yeah, I, I think so, too, but I feel pretty good with either. I, I, yeah, I think you're good with it. But I'm telling you what right now, if I, if I had my druthers, I'd take Kayvon number one. Why, why is he tumbling there's, a little bit? What's the thought? There's this thought that he's – aloof that he doesn't really love football 
And he's drawing the Jadavian Clowney comparisons, which aren't necessarily negative, but just Jadavian's never going to beat you to practice. And he's not going to be the kind of guy that will, according, I listen, according to reports. So he, and he won't be spending that extra time in the weight room. So Kayvon has failed the John Gruden test. He has failed the John Gruden test. Do you yes. love football or yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just here to get, I mean, listen, you're going to pay me $16 million. I'm kind of happy with money. Uh, one more on Twitter, and then we'll I, – I promise softball right after the top of the hour. Uh, we got our top five stories today coming up at 11 a.m., including big story number one, recapping the OU spring game. Uh, you'll hear from Brent Venables, our on-the-field interview with him, coming up at 11 a.m., and then all the players. I talked to Dylan Gabriel, Danny Stutzman, and Marvin Mims. I felt bad about the way one crash, uh, question was phrased to, to Danny, but he answered, he answered it like a pro, so I was like, okay. We'll be talking a lot this year. I can't wait. But Greg writes, OU football has a ton of momentum, and the entire program, coaches, players, fans, are hungry for number eight. The talking heads are doubting OU. I think they're in for a surprise. Not saying OU is going to win it all this upcoming season, but I truly believe BV will bring home number eight, maybe more. Love that passion. Love that energy. Love that projection. You know, you're starting to see it's – Thank you, Luann. You're starting to see a little bit, a, a, a little bit, Josh, from some people that are starting to realize, huh, maybe, maybe this is good for OU. Maybe, maybe. It's starting to feel that way. Maybe it can be good for both programs. I'm going to tell you right now, I've got a lot of people I still need to meet. That's one thing that I found out on Saturday. Who do you need to meet? <laughs> Half the sideline. <laughs> but I finally got a chance to say hey to Thad Turnipseed. I saw Greg Nation over there. He's got a role with OU. I didn't realize Rufus. Coach Nation. That was, was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Oh, man, I was so fired up to see him. Looks like he looks like he never missed a beat. Uh, Matt Wells. Had a chance to see Coach Wells yesterday. <laughs> Dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. a rock star class. It really a, is. A, a class of – Coaches and assistants. I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know when the season gets here. Who's going to be in the booth off, and who's going to be on field? I, I don't. I don't even know if they've decided what that's going to look like. But, and I, I get the sense by the way that Levy's going to be in the booth. But I'll tell you what, dude. That is one impressive group of coaches from a passion level, specifically Miguel Chavis. And I get the sense he's going to be an on-the-field guy. But if he's not, I might actually be like, hey, can we please get Miguel Chavis on the field? Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't be an on-the-field guy. I don't know what goes into that thinking and that mindset. I don't. I I mean, Typically, off the field, in the booth, would be reserved for coordinators. Yeah, Yeah. defensive coordinators. See Ted Roof up there with Jeff Lebby and Oklahoma for the past couple of years had put Kale Gundy up there. Who else was that? Brian Odom. Their inside backers coach was up there last year. Even though I like Brian Odom down on the field. Um, who else was up in the booth for him? Uh, I think Jamar was actually up some last year. And, and it's it's irrelevant. I just I don't know the rhyme or reason as to maybe Jeff Levy says, I'll be up here. I want I want Joe John down there so he can get to play in or whatever it might be. I don't know. But I really, really hope Miguel Chavis is on the sidelines. <laughs> 
All right, keep the tweets coming. Uh, they're rolling in. Keep the text, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. We'll hit the best ones coming up next hour. But when we come back, promise a little softball and a post-game from Patty on Saturday, or a pre-game from Patty on Saturday. They'll get you fired up. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We've carved out some softball time here at 10.03 on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Can I just say... <laughs> Sid. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. The weather yesterday and today has been tremendous. That's amazing. Are you team today and yesterday for the weather? Now, I, I did cheat yesterday because I went to Woodward. It was fantastic. Like the sun was out. Yeah. Was how, cool. how did it go? I don't want to totally get us off the rails. No, because I got softball here and Sid's dropping bombs on Twitter right now. Sidney um, Romero? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At who? Uh, me. Because I, I asked, what was your biggest uh, standout for, or what was your biggest takeaway from the spring game? And Sid tweeted at us and said the traffic was miserable. <laughs> if by miserable you mean fantastic. Um, yeah, I love traveling, dude. I love traveling across this state. I'm driving up to Lawrence, Kansas. Well, I'm actually driving to Kansas City, then to Lawrence this week, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to think of different routes I want to take. Toby Baldwin has inspired me to check out some of the – during the day, of course, only for me during the day. It was a barrel racing event? It was a, bar- it was a rodeo. They a called rodeo. the thing a rodeo, and she was – I'm sure I'll get corrected for this. That was a Garth Brooks reference, people. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed I volunteered for the first time. I was a barrel resetter on Sunday. Huh. The only regret that I had is that we had to wake up at 5 a.m. after going to bed at like 1.30. Oh, I, I bet. I was so juiced from everything that happened on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was really fun. We'll talk about it more later. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Sid. That's a good way to launch into some softball talk here at 10.05 on the Plank Show. Did you get to watch much this week? And it was kind of tough because the doubleheader was on Valley Sports Oklahoma and then the uh, the single game Saturday was on Sooner Sports Dat TV. I'm, I'm pretty much a, a dialed-in, listen-to-plank kind of guy anymore. Good. I need more of that. Do you want to tweet at me uh, mistakes or rules that uh, you have interpreted to be different <laughs> no. than mine? Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not that kind of listener. There, well, and I should say this. I should say this. Guys. There's a handful of you that are going to be mad about the .TV or the Bally Sports broadcast regardless, and I understand that, and it's fine. And we all pay for everything, and it's, it's, always, and it's always frustrating. But when you're just drilling in, and I'm sitting and there's some college-age kid that's just learning how to run camera and trying to do her best, and it's like, this is the worst I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, what are you t- Look at this poor innocent child here that's running this camera, and you're like, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. I'm like, would you literally yell that to her while you're watching it? I get it. It's frustrating. It's tough. I mean, we're just working as hard as we can to make it better. So for the two or three of you that, man, every single time, it's like every – I don't think they've ever been happy. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's a pretty good softball yeah, team. Yeah, give man. the kid a break, right? Calm down. Now, moving forward to the game – Moving forward, like hopefully invest a little more in it to get a little more experienced. I think what here's what's happened is they just when people are coming in when students and well, there's a mass, it takes an R it takes a village, as Joe C likes to say. It takes a village to do these events. 
and they're finding that more people want to get into it and just do like the the hype videos and the and the dot, not necessarily the camera work and all the things that are needed, and the producing and the graphics. They all want to be. Oh no, we want to make hype videos. So it's been kind of tough to <laughs> hype videos. Hey, hold on. Well, that, the digital content, you know, all the things that you see. Yeah, they probably know that that pays better. Yeah, I think it does right now. So anyway, I there is. It's not from a lack of resources or anything right no no it's just trying to get people that that, that are going to do it and do it well and then training them everyone's time is kind of precious right now gotcha so that's probably a little too in the weeds but to the game itself that's how iowa state's series have gone i mean i and honestly that was more like what i expected this year where you get a friday tight game then i know there were two on friday and then two run rules it had been the exact opposite for a majority of this season well, you have a tight game on in game three, but the Friday and Saturday games are blowouts. And the reason the reason Friday was a six to four game, I thought, was twofold. Number one, Jordy Jordy Ball has set this level of expectation where if she gives up a hit, it's it's honestly like, what's wrong. But that's the championship mindset, right? You're gonna be that you're going to be striving for that level of greatness. But she, was, she wasn't necessarily hitting all her spots on Friday night. And Iowa State's good hitting team they took advantage of. That was number one. Number two, dude, they had three back-breaking double plays. And it's kind of funny because it reminded me a lot of the Utah game where the same thing happened. Where you're in situations where you're like, okay, this this game is about to get a little out of control here. And boom, weird double plays too. I mean, there was like a 1-4-3. Um, it, it was just – and they are all hard hit balls. So Friday ended up being close because every time Oklahoma seemed to have some momentum, they'd hit into a double play. And, hey, give Iowa State credit. They, they forced Patty Gasso to have to go to the pin. But then that second game on Saturday, Josh, holy smokes. Everything clicked. Hope Troutwine looked incredible. You know, Alyssa Brito hits the walk-off home run, what, an inning after. Say a Swain had pointed her to the dugout. They went out and they proceeded to just put the clamps down on Iowa State over the next two games, outscored him eighteen to zero. Was there anything behind the point to the dugout you know other what? than just "Hey, go sit down, I got you"? Which I sort of dig, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm just saying you can't give up a home run on the very next. Pitch. <laughs> no, 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 it's yeah, not a good look. And in general, while I I love it from a competitive standpoint, I would not recommend it against Oklahoma. Yeah, that's 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 better for like. You know, I don't know, a Kansas or somebody like that. <laughs> I will say, um, it was it was really a moment where I questioned even saying something, but when it happened, I looked at I looked at DJ like, whoa. And I, I won't lie to you. I even kind of me to the mic and went to DJ, I'm like, did she just point her to the bench? And between breaks, I went over. And I'm like, did she just point her to the bench? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and 
I think there could have been some lip reading that could have been done there, too. Oh, some choice words. I feel like it. Go but, sit your bleep down. But I was told that's, that's, say, a swing. You know, she's an emotional pitcher. And, you know, Jordy is an emotional pitcher. But to me, Jordy, well, it might upset our man Danny Cannell. But Jordy's celebration to me is with her catcher. You know, it's her and Kinsey. Yeah, and it's, it's not directed at the hitter. Now, if she... If if she swung her mask off and then if she's got her mask in her hand, she's pointing someone to the dugout and MFing him down the first baseline, then we maybe have a different conversation. Which, don't listen to me, Jordy, but I, I actually <laughs> – You'd be for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm you? here for that. That's okay with me. No, no, don't, Jordy, don't. But it, it's just something you don't you don't see. And I think even though the, where the game was at that point, Oklahoma was well on its way, I think it was kind of a little – Wake-up call for everyone. So much so that after the game on – I'm sorry, pregame on Saturday, I asked Patty Gasso about the doubleheader – oh, sorry. The doubleheader sweep by the Sooners. It would yes, help if plug the in cords. In. The doubleheader oh, sweep. And, oops, sorry. There was official engage. And listen to this answer – and tell me this doesn't get you fired up, knowing then what happened on Sunday. Well, honestly, game one was a it was a night. Jordy wasn't really on her st- her stuff wasn't quite there, and that happens. Uh, still good enough to find a way to win. I felt like we were just a little complacent at times. Um, tried to fire them up, and they responded with five runs, and then we just kind of disappear and. I think as a team, we're kind of riding a little bit of a roller coaster, ups and downs. And yesterday, after our first game, we talked about this needs to stop. And um, there's a little chippiness between these two teams. I don't know if anyone can feel that. So when they walked out into the second game, it was game on, bowing up, let's go. And it was Sooner style. And that is what we've been looking for for a while. So today makes me very encouraged to see it come out again to finish the series. We need to work harder on finishing series and not going out, oh, I'm so tired. It's been a long weekend, none of that. It's it's time to play, and we need to bow up in game three. So you hear that, knowing that in game three, Oklahoma won nine zip. And put two on the board in the first, had a five-run fourth, and didn't have to worry about walking anyone off. They had nine and four innings. And Jordy Ball was perfect through four, was she not? Jordy Ball was perfect with two outs in the fifth. And she walked a batter. And then gave up the hit. And then gave up a hit. So, yeah, I mean, it was very nearly perfect. I want to make this very clear. I didn't jinx anything. I, I almost said something. And you, <laughs> if you listen to the broadcast – so there's a crew, right? We talk about it takes a village. Um, but it's not just me. Pat Dunn is the media relations guy, and we usually try to sit together at every game. So he'll usually have a note, or he might hear me say something. He's like, no, no, no. You know, he'll, he'll give me the right number, and we'll fix – you know, we have a good feng shui. We got good communication with each other. We're friends. And then there's Whitley Simmons, who is the video coordinator, and – Historically, the video court, if it's Allison Fanning or Kyle Cantu, they sit with us and maybe they might have some numbers or something they can share or they'll see things from other games. So it's we don't officially have, say, a statistician or a spotter or an analyst that travels with us everywhere, 
But in those two, we have you know the brains, the uh, eyes, eyes, and the video, and then of course Rayleigh Pogue is doing all the flight scope stuff this year, and she's usually around us. She has to sometimes be a little bit lower. So when you get a bomb, it's like, where was that? And so we've got a crew there, just to kind of give you a little background. You can literally hear in the top of the fourth inning when it's a 3-0 count. I'm like, this is a really big pitch here because – and you can hear Whitley say, no, don't, no. <laughs> all right, 3-0 pitch. <laughs> Because I just I didn't know if that would then be in the situation where you're like, 3-0 here, the perfect game, all rides on this. I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say that no, or not. No, you're not. You're not. But I didn't. I, I came close. I came really close. We're slowly converting you back to the good side, which is no jinxes in this house. <laughs> I did say she's got a no hit through three. Ugh. I'm sure there was a few people that were mad about that. But here's what we did learn from this weekend. The Big 12 championship will again be decided in a three-game set in a little series known as Bedlam. As long as even – listen, Kansas is not going to sweep Oklahoma, right? That's the only way that Oklahoma is not at least guaranteed to be able to battle for an outright championship is if they go in there with four losses. They would have to split it. But I just – that's not going to happen. Um. Unless the bus breaks down and I have to play. Then we could be in trouble. Nah, but, I think this team would be able to pick up the slack. But we're we're looking at next week being a series where I'm pretty sure Kenny Gajewski is kicking himself because he could have one of these games at home. And they got a little bit over their skis last year in thinking that they could get Oklahoma to still water and create a little bit more havoc. And – they won one game and still didn't win the Big 12 championship. I actually think it's better like this anyways. I, I am now a fan. I won't lie. Splitting it up, I mean, you know, why? I know that it's close, but just I do li- it every other year. Do you know what I liked? I liked whenever they would do one in Norman, one in Stillwater, and one in Oklahoma City. I kind of dug that. Now, you tell me Oklahoma City wouldn't be packed for a Bedlam game? I oh think we should gosh. do – I think we should do one in OKC, one in Tulsa, and one in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> Let's just cover all our bases. All right, so listen, that was from the weekend. It's it's an interesting travel week. We're leaving on Wednesday for that final midweek game, the Thursday against Kansas City. Um, then after the game against the Ruse, we'll drive that night to Lawrence, Kansas, and – and we'll get ready for the final three-game road trip of the season. The Ruse, which, of, of course, is one of the great nicknames in all of college sports. Was, uh, I believe they used to be called UMKC. Are they not anymore? Well, now they're just Kansas City. I guess kind of their point is, hey, everybody knows that, even though not a lot of people know that Kansas City is in Missouri, a lot of people think Kansas City is in Kansas. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but, but. It's kind of like a dirt, Joe Dirt thing going on there. Yeah, exactly. Don't try and church it up, UMKC. Yeah, what are you doing? But no, they're just Kansas City now. So there you have it huh. this week. I don't like that. Uh, at Plank Show on Twitter, that's at Plank Show. Hit us up. Love to hear your thoughts on Sooner Softball, if you want. Sid's The Traffic Was Miserable tweet is getting a little traction. Oh, it is? Yeah. Should I retweet it and give it even more traction? Was it worse? Yeah, it was worse this weekend. But it was pretty bad for the festival not too long ago.
Yeah, it was. Oh, dude, that was terrible. Medieval fair? I timed everything I thought right. Or Renaissance fair? Renaissance. What would you call it? Yeah. Medieval fair. Yeah, Renaissance. Whatever. Same thing. 220, 221, whatever it takes. But yeah, I, by the way, I can't get enough of that video of Debo Samuel in the club <laughs> with a sign that says Debo's staying a Niner and they, they pan to him and he's sitting on some ledge. You're like, uh-uh. He like gives the t- <laughs> Nope. Nope. But I thought it was hilarious. I'm sure someone's going to have a problem with it. Do you want a receiver that's in the club? Is that what you want? I can hear someone. I can hear it right now. But back to the point. Um, Yeah, traffic was not fun. It was... I honestly just walked places. I just made a choice that I'm not leaving campus for a while, so I walked and waited at Hideaway <laughs> and waited out the storm. So it was it was fun. But, yeah, traffic was no easy path. I mean, what do you expect? Traffic's pretty good on the Gator, though. <laughs> oh, it was great. But even I was driving down there with Bob Cunningham. We were going from softball down to football after the softball game. And he goes, now, I don't know how you're going to get in. I was like, what? I, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea. <laughs> you're like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a media member. And he drops me off, and I was like, oh. And then you don't want to, like, cut in front of someone because – So you didn't go through the media entrance on the west side or anything? I didn't know there was one. Yeah, the <laughs> – I won't lie to you. I just went where all the people were. It, if you go to the west side – Saeed – Right by that elevator over there. Okay, I don't know. Was that open for media? Uh, good question. Maybe you're supposed to go through the south entry. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll tell you what. It was – it took everything in me to be like, I, I, I got to get it. <laughs> but you did. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'm, I am so sorry, but, I mean, literally, it, they're trying to throw to me on the sidelines, and this is a nightmare that I have. Where I can't get in the stadium, and – it's like all my worst fears are coming true. I'm kind of having a panic attack right now because all these people are here and nobody's really moving right now. So, yo, okay if I slide right in here? Hey, Toby, thanks. Yeah, I'm down here at gate 11. And it's- I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> it is jam-packed. I did feel bad. I'm, I meant to tell Toby this in the crossover, but there was a guy walking after the game and I was walking down to Campus Corner to meet my family. And he goes, oh, oh, can I get a picture? I'm like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Put my arm around him. Did my best, like, make sure I don't have the double chin. And then chin. did he say thanks, Toby? No, no, no. He walked away. He said, man, you're the best. He's like, you get me so fired up. And you're still kind of in that, it could be softball fan, right? Because as, who was it that had the idea for the shirts? Um, I think it was Riding Randy who said I should get a T-shirt that says softball made me famous. And so, That would be <laughs> that cool. That was hilarious. So I'm sitting there, and I take the picture, and I, in my mind, I'm like, he thinks I'm Toby. He so thinks I'm Toby. <laughs> and and the guy goes, hey, I love you, man. You get me so fired up. I think I think our sons have a – I think I know your sons. And I was like, oh, gosh. I was like, I have – like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm Chris. I'm not Toby. And he goes, oh, oh. And literally, I've never seen the winds taken out of a man's sails oh. like that. Really? He, he really did think you were Toby. I, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. He was ready to talk about Peyton a little bit. He was ready to talk about Trevor. And I'm like, <sighs> it's a lot of responsibility that Toby Rowland lives with. I, I felt, ter- you know, nine out of ten times whenever someone's like, hey, hey, it's usually they think I'm Toby. I'm, and I'm not even kidding. It's wild. 
and I don't, I mean, I don't mind. Toby's a good looking dude. I'll take that comparison. But I also don't know that we look that much alike. <laughs> yeah, the fact that people can't tell you guys apart. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinning. I've got thinning hair. I've got the quadruple chin. Toby's got the nice cloth of hair. I mean, he's good to go. I just. It's probably because of the Rudy's TV shows. You think that's what it is? That people just see both of you on TV and <laughs> like make the mix uh, up. Well, Toby does those shows over there. I, I just I felt so bad for that dude. I felt so bad for that dude. I wonder who Chad uh, gets mixed up for. Nobody. Chad gets mixed up for a freaking male model is what he gets mixed up for. Hey, are you that bass fishing guy? <laughs> All right, we got to take a timeout. We had to take a timeout. Sid, you're getting me in trouble. What would be a good response? What do you know about traffic? You're a VIP. You roll anywhere with driver service. Yeah, traffic was not fun. And I listen, that's that's a big time. That's 70,000 <laughs> at a football game. 70,000 plus at a football game. That's what traffic's typically like. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show. When we come back, how about a little Marvin Mims from post game on Saturday? This is the home of Sooner fans. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, Marvin Mims here in a bit. Dude. Do you see what just got cracked open out in the, uh, I guess what intro area, not necessarily the break room, the doorway, the doorway, the hallway entrance, brownies, yeah, they're and so, they're all for you, dude. So happy so. birthday week! I had this. <laughs> I'm gonna celebrate my birthday this whole week. Wasn't it the 23rd? Yep, don't care. You know who hasn't told me happy birthday yet? Patty Gasso. When happy she, birthday month, when man. When Patty says happy birthday, then my birthday's officially over. She puts the end on it because she's got one coming up. It's part, usually it's right around the Super Regionals. Um, real quick, before I get to True Zooner, we're going to have Marvin Mims coming up here in just a bit. A couple of other quick tweets because they're all so really good. And my man Jimmy Akers writes, If Venables and Gasso had a kid together, it would walk through brick walls and bust beer bottles over its head with a single pain, without a single pain. We would call him Super Sooner. Super Sooner. <laughs> well, I mean. We might need a new superhero to embrace. Caleb Williams kind of ruined Superman. Yeah, he did ruin Superman for us. And Batman's not really a superhero. So. Easy now. Don't disrespect my crime-fighting uh, vigilante. I'm, I'm a big Batman fan, but I immediately get shunned because I was a big Val Kilmer Batman fan. It's like, oh, you're him. The only people worse than you are those who like Ben Affleck as Batman. Well, Christian Bale's the best Batman. I mean, obviously, Ben Affleck is the best Batman. But it, it, we might have to find a new superhero. That's a really good point. Which Spider-Man's a little too nerdy for us. but uh, Zafar writes, I loved all the ex-players there. I do wish that we would get Hypo back in the fold. I know there was a falling out, but I think it's time to welcome him back. I told you that I tried to reach out for the – 2000 podcast that we did he didn't necessarily say no I just I don't think we were ever to able to hammer home a time I think when we were working on it he was you know in the transition from Orlando to Knoxville but yeah it's probably something when he's after coach out of coaching yeah I mean it's impossible right now with him as the head coach but at it's Tennessee it, it's just he is such an 
integral part of why history. Why, why OU has been able to be who they've been over the last 20 years. <sighs> Plus. Yeah, but, I mean, the idea of Hypo coming back and there being some big coronation and this and that, I mean, Oklahoma and Tennessee are – they're not rivals, but they're about to be conference rivals. Yeah. So, you can't really – you know, at this point, it doesn't behoove Josh Hypo to come back and, you know, make a big stink about the fact that he won yeah. a national championship here. True Sooner, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, True? So, so you say Val Kilmer over Michael Keaton? Uh, the official Batman rankings are Christian Bale one, Correct. Michael Keaton two, and then Val Kilmer. I love Val Kilmer as Batman. But then again, that was a very – I'm thinking back. That was 94-ish, and that was a very weird time in my life because I was still very young, and for some reason I had fallen in love with, like, the soundtrack for that movie. <laughs> And I would listen to it all the time. I think I had a girlfriend that liked Kiss from a Rose by Seal. So that might have influenced my Val Kilmer obsession. That is that is a good song. A little though. bit too in-depth, right? But uh, it is what it is. That kind of reminds me when I was taking my daughter to school when she was like like in 94 when she told me that Britney Spears was better than Van Halen. Oh. It was kind of the same. I kind of had the same feeling. Sorry, I mean. I don't blame you. But, <laughs> hey, I mean, so, she's not wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, Everybody relax. <laughs> so happy birthday, Clank. Uh, Thanks, man. Is, is that a, a, a golden doodle? Okay. Dog? I got a new dog. We haven't talked about it much on the show yet because you guys know Get Back to Sports Guy lives incessantly in my dome because every time a non-sports topic comes up, I think about me driving in my car and I, I'm yelling at the guy to get back to school. You know, judging from our history on this show, I think that – I think people we're okay. With Have we dogs. built up some equity? Oh, with no, dogs. we've got no equity. It's just people seem to be patient when you're talking about you a know, dog. Pets. It is. It, there's a name for it. It's a whatever kind of dog it is. It's a purebred. Better be. And it's like um, I want to say it's it's not a labradoodle. It's like a lab uh, retriever mix. Labragini. Something. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Something yeah, like a, that. I got a lab. I've got a Labradoodle, and they're awesome. So I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going it's to a be cute awesome. looking dog, though. It sucks, but yeah. uh, it is so, what it is. So so it was a perfect weekend for OU fans. I mean, I was able to catch all three games on the softball, and then you know just cruise on over there for the all the other festivities that were going on with football. Man, it couldn't have been a much better couldn't have been a much better weekend. Um, I did see you. I saw. I, was that Friday? I think it was Friday between doubleheaders or something. Yeah. I saw you up there. I had a little bit of time. We can hear you down. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear it. It sounds good. It's like we're listening to the radio. It's pretty good. I mean, sometimes it echoes in there and we can hear it. So Some some people get mad at me for wanting the windows ah. open up there. And I'm like, not not like fans, but people that work up there. I'm like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing? Every ah. window needs to we, be open. And by the way, we got new windows at Marita Hines Field, Larry. We got new windows. Yeah. Let's go. Well, and you're... And your play-by-play is actually synced with the with what we're watching, so that's so so that's that's good too. But I was going to tell you real quick: Did you happen to see how they brought Baker in? Did you no, happen to I, see the whole thing? I, we, okay. Well, I mean, when you say brought him in, like the car they brought him, softball. softball. Oh, softball uh, okay. I just mean like walking on the field. Yeah, I saw it. Phil Collins. Well, no, they good. they pulled up in two ATVs. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Of, yeah, they pulled up in two ATVs outside of left field, and they dropped him and his entourage off uh, along with, with uh, Joe, Joe C., and they snuck in that right 
that that left left field fence or whatever over there, and they and they left the ATVs there the whole time they were doing all their stuff, and then and then he went, when he left the field he went to right field kind of behind you where you sit at. Uh-huh. I was thinking I wonder why he's I wonder why he's going that way, and they had by that time there was a thousand people gathered in the home run, uh, you know, trying to get his home run village. Yeah, yeah. So then they jumped on the ATVs and they cruised off and picked him up on the other side. So everybody was standing on the left side. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's good planning. Yeah, yeah they they obviously yeah, listen. Joe C knows how to throw you for a curve, but yeah. I, oh my gosh, it's good to see you, True Sooner. Thanks for coming. Right, man. See you, man. Uh, I still am absolutely infatuated with getting my Gasso equals goat shirt. You know what? That was my only complaint, Baker. And I don't know if Patty said no, 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 but. I will say the the Gasso Equal Goat shirt wasn't displayed as much as I thought it might be. He had the button up uniform uh, uniform top on. Uh, by the way, he loved he loves Patty, and they have a really good relationship. So it, it's I thought there was a chance he might be there on Friday, b- but he came on Saturday. He would come to softball games. I mean, the first time I ever interviewed Baker was at a baseball game. For goodness sakes, dude loves sports. All right, before we break, 10.36, this is about two minutes. We caught up. But look at us. Look at me paying off all the teases. You've sent me down to Batman forever. <laughs> it's it's terrible. I mean, listen, it's a horrible, horrible movie. But it's like when Ted has an opinion and someone's like, wait, I don't think that's true. Uh, here's the facts. Like, I'm sorry, I can't allow myself to believe what you're presenting me because I've already made my mind up. Now I'm trying to figure out why Michael Keaton turned down Batman forever. Yeah, he was. He, it was, what, creative control or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know the direction that Batman was headed. And anyways, that paved the door for your man, Val Kilmer. That's right. Got his chance and made the most of it. Marvin Mims. Oops, maybe. Is Three, it? two. How that spring game energy? Oh, man, that was that was crazy. I mean, last year, last year is probably the biggest crowd I've seen because coming off of a COVID season as a freshman. But this crowd, I mean, it was like a regular season game. I mean, they were electric out there, a lot of fans, full of fans. I mean, wow, that was a great turnout. What What'd you think of how the offense Operate right, got the tempo going, put some really good drives together. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was operating it efficiently. How, how did it feel out there for oh, you? Yeah, Dylan was definitely running the offense. I mean, red team, we got up to early 21 three star. I mean, we were, we're making things go. And then, um, you know, offense was looking hot though. I mean, great play calling, great everything. Everybody was executing. So we just put everything together. And it's, it's good to see that early on, you know, getting thrown at the whole uh, playbook and stuff like that. Of course, we didn't show everything, but um, you know, it's good to see that we're picking up even on the little details and be able to do the things that we did today. Seems like the confidence level and the understanding is pretty high for being so early in the install process mm-hmm. in this. Oh yeah, we we definitely went over the install. I think we've seen it twice already. Um, talking about them sending us just stuff like pictures and stuff of plays, and then us going over it during spring ball. I mean, they're really getting it on us that we need to have this down by fall camp for sure. Now, you're an old guy. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're one of the leaders on this football team. Just how, how has spring been for you kind of feel, you know, feeling more of that leadership role and kind of being the veteran guy in the wide receivers room? I mean, it's, it's coming on great. I mean, right now it's me, Drake, Theo, we're all the guys with the experience in that room. I mean, three guys that, you know, we're never banging heads or anything. I mean, we're always all on the same page with everything that we do. And I think that's like the big difference this year. And then the thing that's going to get us to where we need to be is that everybody's on the same page. You know, uh, Coach Melville came in, he set down the standard, and like, we're all following it. Like, there is no this or that. Like, we're all on the same page. And I think that's taking us to a good place right now. Hey, a final thought. Just take us through what it's been like learning from and playing with Dylan. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, 
Dylan's a great guy. I mean, when I first met him, he's he's, he's really extroverted. Um, so he'll he'll say anything. He'll talk anything. He'll talk for a long time. And but he's cool to hang out with. Love hanging out with him. You know, we've been out to eat a couple of times and just talking to him. I mean, it's a great guy. And then um, you know, scheme wise, I mean, he knows most of the stuff. Him and Levy have a great relationship, and that's helping us a lot right now. Congrats, man. Thank you. Awesome as always, dude. Money. Okay. Hey, uh, did he mean extroverted? Talking about Dylan Gabriel? Yeah. Yeah. What did he say? <laughs> introverted? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> because he said, he said, yeah, you know, he's an introverted guy and he'll just talk to you about anything. And I was like, I wait a second. say extroverted, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we literally grabbed Marvin. I, he, he was on his way to get his ankles cut and he was supposed to come talk to us. And the, the tape cut up. Yeah. And, and we stopped him before he went. I'm like, it's up to you, dude. He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's knock this out. He's become a go-to in post-game interviews. Yeah, he's a good dude. We got three go-tos. Sorry, I didn't cut that off at the end. I apologize. No, nah, all good. Um, That's what I'm here for. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we come back. Thoughts on the spring game? 405-651-3439. At Plank Show on Twitter. At Josh on Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Uh, I, was, I was worried there for a bit. I thought you had prior obligations because tj came rolling in the studio but all good oh yeah all good um you know occasionally i need to use the restroom during the show gotcha (laughs) it's that's that's kind of like one thing that like can be a challenge believe it or not because you gotta hit buttons you gotta hit tones commercial breaks are not as long as you would think radio is a place where you just can't like disappear for no. a while or or um leave studio for too terribly long cuz you're busted either dead air or i mean i'll get caught up talking to someone you see me sprinting over here monday uh, friday night friday night i contemplated calling off from the fox sports radio show when they when they set the second game at 6:30 and i was like uh yeah i know i knew it sent you into a little bit of a panic. It a little bit. It just sucks to rush around yeah. like that. And so what I did was I had I'd let the boss know Hamlin be late. Most likely. I'll, but but I don't think it'll be that late. And then I talked to Jackie and Natalie Davis and it was like, well, let's do this. Um I just ended up basically logging off from the Sooner Radio Network, pushing a button, and midway like through the first segment I was already on the air. So it worked out well. All right, your choice. Twitter.com or the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Josh. We got to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We've not hit any of it. Oh, man. There's only one Superman at OU. These videos, by the way, that they're showing are unreal of Baker walking out to midfield. Well done, OU football. Well done. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's only one Superman at OU. Troy Williams. That's right. That's right. Question for Chris and Josh. Did Marcus Major even get on the field at the spring game? If not, I'll be, I bet he'll be in the portal this week. No, no, he was he was hurt. <laughs> be in the portal this week. Relax. He was hurt. He's going to. Well, and, and from what I understand, at least what I was told, is if it was a a regular season game, it was a regular season game he would have played. Just no reason to do that during scrimmage type scenarios. That's, that's kind of how it was made out to me. But yeah, I think from everything I hear, he's running he's running that second team, that 
And I think we it's kind of, it was kind of tough to tell on Saturday, right? Because everyone was so split up. But my understanding is Eric Grace won and Marcus Major is two. <laughs> now, by the time fall rolls around, Javante Bonas could be one. And everyone could be chasing him because he looked the part. Could be how many adult beverages he had that a lot of people looked like Toby. <laughs> like was I was I one of of many who who found someone thinking they were Toby? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> a meme with uh, it says "House on Fire." You mean my birthday cake? Listen, I'm only 47. Though I will say I I gauge my birthdays by at how point. Or at what point they'd be like, well, you know, he lived a good life. If I happen to go, you know, 47, that's a pretty good run. 45 ah, seems too young. We need 47 more. Um, you and I need to be doing this show in four more decades. I agree. Boy, could you imagine how bitter I would be at 90? We'll be, you and here? I will be, like, virtually brought into your homes By here in point, a few yeah. decades. I mean, we're just probably a couple years from that where literally you cast a – I'm. We're, we're sitting on your couch in your living room with you. That'll be – I'm, I'm going to have to make sure Digital both feed. of us will have to shower every morning. Um, <laughs> someone asked about if Donahue's officially off the squad. Um, I don't know. I, again, I've stopped asking. I'm focused on this team. And that's where I think everyone should be. Compliment to Tawi Walker, number 29, ran hard. Oh, gosh, yes. I like him a lot. Reminds me of P. Ryan. Yeah, I'm not going to get carried away with what he did in the spring. We've game. had a we, we've had a lot of guys that do something like that in a spring game, and you fall in love with them, and then you never hear from them again. Jaden Knowles, Daniel Brooks. You know, I saw the weatherman. He was he's getting better. Jaden Knowles last year, you're right, is good. Daniel Brooks, I feel like I'm leaving out a couple. And again, I, not to say these guys didn't do things. When they got an opportunity, it's just you don't really see much of it. Air Force Joe. I, I almost brought this up earlier. It's, I it's, met Air Force Joe. It, it's uh, interesting they, they mentioned this. That was cool to see Turk and, more importantly, the voice of Sooner Softball at Hideaway after the game. What an incredible day. My question about the game is who decleated Barnes on his, like, third carry? That was amazing. Deshaun was, White. Deshaun White. Number 2-3. 23. Dylan Gabriel really knows how to run this offense. If he can stay healthy, we'll be in good hands. Agreed. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know why Teddy wasn't in the booth. Teddy was in the booth Saturday. He was just in the radio booth. Right. He was. He was yeah. doing. Yeah. They. So the last two seasons, it's been tough for me because softball has been home and we've had games, uh, and this this worked out to at least where I could be on the sidelines. But I think they had Teddy and Gabe both on the sidelines in the pregame show. I'm not sure just because of everything that was going on, uh, and they use. They've started using Toby for TV, so they use Toby and Dusty for TV, and then Teddy, Gabe, I, and usually Chad. Well, Chad slid in the last two years and called it while we kind of kept our core. Without our heart. It's not the same without T-Row in there. No. Chad, Chad did a good You're job. You're fearless leader. Chad's really good at making sure we don't forget there's a game going on whenever the spring game is there. <laughs> really? He did a good job of that. Uh, and let's get that USC one real quick so we don't have to talk anymore about USC. Where was it? Uh, I think it was up a little bit. Nope, maybe not. One of these days I'll end up getting it in here where I can actually um, earmark the ones and not be like, no, that one, no, hey, no, stop scrolling there. No, there, there. 
Uh, we'll hit more of those Air Comfort Solutions texts next. Plus, our on-the-field interview with Brent Vittables in the top five stories of the day. Yeah, there you go. What do you think went through Muleshoe's mind when he heard about the spring game? Hmm, I guess they're over me. That was quick. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't shocked. I mean, if anyone knows the capability of Sooner fans, it would be him. So, yeah. I, and he had a packed house out there at USC. Yeah, I mean, listen, they had to worry about fan control on Saturday, too, in the Coliseum. <laughs> All 15 of the folks that showed up. They tried to announce 30,000. I've never laughed harder in my life. All right, we'll continue to clean up that Air Comfort Solutions text line. Plus, your tweets are really good. It's a plank show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Dove Schools is looking for a computer teacher to teach computer classes to secondary school students. Candidates should have a computer science, computer engineering, technology education, or related field and one year of experience as a computer teacher at a middle or high school level. Job is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If interested in this opportunity, mail your resume to Dove Schools, Inc., 9212 North Kelly Avenue, Suite 100, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73131. Attention, HR. Refer to add hashtag TA. Hi, this is Gary Cavins, the owner of Cavins Construction Group here in Norman. If you have a building, restaurant, hotel, or to any kind of business that needs commercial maintenance needs, we have a commercial maintenance division that can help. We can help you with repairs from the ceiling to the floor, door hardware, electric, plumbing, HVAC, flooring, drywall repair, painting, snow removal, roof repairs, whatever you need, we're your one-stop shop. All you have to do is give us a call, 405-573-3048. We put our hearts into everything we do. Our promise is simple. We're the best. You're simply the best. We promise you all the best new gaming experiences. We promise you the best food, drinks, and service. The one place with the rewards program of your dreams. That's what makes us number one. Only at The One. Texting, talking on your phone, or listening to music near train crossings or on platforms are big distractions. You need to see and hear the train coming. After you're on the train, those things are fine. So remember, simple things like taking your headphones out and taking your hood off could save your life. You've weighed your options and decided that building your next home is the right move for you and your family. Congratulations from Alliance Bank. We'd love to help you celebrate and get on your way to picking out new paint colors and tile as fast as possible. Give us a call at our Norman office, 405-286-5750. Again, that number is 405-286-5750. And let's discuss what construction loan option is best for you. 
Ah, yes, spring is here, sandal season, summer is coming. Whether it's for walking, hiking, running the beach, or the pool, Brown Shoe Fit has you covered, and they have the perfect shoe for you. Hey, it's Chris Plank for Brown Shoe Fit and Norman, and they carry the top brands for your entire family. All your favorites, Brooks, Bionic, Chacos, Birkenstocks, New Balance, you name it, and Clark's, Steve has you covered. Brown Shoe Fit at 2427 West Main in Norman, behind the Chick-fil-A next to the Hobby Lot. I'm reading this article during the break from Front Office Sports on what the booth is going to look like on Fox for the NFL, and they dropped a stat on me that I had completely forgotten, or a note that I had completely forgotten. Do you know that in 2002, Troy Aikman and Chris Collinsworth were co-analysts with Joe Buck? I'd completely So they were basically that. trying both out kind of thing? Well, no. They were the guys. They were going to have a three-man booth. And then Collinsworth got hired by NBC and went and did Sunday Night Football. I completely forgot about that. Smart move by him. Yeah, The reason it's being brought up is because they think that's where Fox could be going with its replacement of Troy Aikman and Joe Buck huh. to a three-person booth. Who's going to be the play-by-play voice? Kevin Burkhart. Okay, cool. He's good. Right. I mean – Again, I've never not watched a game or watched a game because of the play-by-play guy. Unless it's Steve Levy. Unless it's Steve Levy. Then just mute it or I'm whatever. I'm not watching. All right, typically we do our Firehouse Subs top five, our, our top five stories of the day <laughs> and do it in a sequential order, right? You're welcome, Firehouse. But I'm going to break character today because I've promised all show long that we're going to get to the Brent Venables interview that we had with him after the game. And I'm not going to lie to you. Usually post-game interviews with the coach can be short, minute, minute 30. If you get two, you're doing dances. This might go down as the greatest post-game interview with a coach ever after a spring game. Gabe Eichert and I on the field caught up with Brent Venables. And we are pumped to be joined by the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Brent Venables, for our post-game conversation. Coach, first and foremost, Awesome atmosphere, wasn't it? Oh, it was fabulous. Are you kidding me? That was uh, pretty humbling. Um, shouldn't be surprised. Sooner Nation knows how to respond. Uh, just passionate, you know, love for their university is second to none. So really thankful for the fans. They uh, they really kind of set the tempo today and uh, responded. I know it was um, had a great opportunity to witness history with Baker and his um, his ceremony. That was wonderful. Uh, to be able to be a fly on the wall for that. And uh, and then for our guys, our players, and again, moving forward, uh, what a moment it was for us. Uh, that's what setting the, setting the example looks like. Coach, you look at what you saw from Dylan Gabriel. Got a lot of work in that first half, working mm-hmm. with both teams. What would you like? What you think needed a little work from your starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I thought he had great command. Just what you, uh, what you saw all spring makes a lot of – um, quick decisions, um, good decisions with the football. He's got great awareness, anticipates. Uh, he sees the field well. Uh, There's probably uh, one for sure that he probably uh, should have let go, got to get rid of, took a sack. Um, we had one bad snap for him that or at least I say there was a, he might have saved him on another one or two, but uh, uh, one snap that got away from him that I remember. Um, 
you know, he, he he did a great job, I thought, leading today, playing both sides, both ways, and um, just really capped off the spring in a great way. You talk about championship strain, doing everything with intent. Miguel Chavis was coaching with intent. Timeouts there late. What was at stake here today in this showdown? Well, again, um, the losing squad, uh, they got to work out on, on Friday with Schmitty <laughs> next week, so uh, the winning squad gets that Friday off, maybe. <laughs> But overall, did you feel good about what you saw uh, uh, as a whole today? I loved, I thought our players had the right mindset. And um, the foundation, when it comes to the football aspect, the foundation of our program has to be how we practice, period. Okay? How we practice our mindset, our attitude, our intensity, our intentionality, our purpose, uh, you know, a game rep mentality. Today was the spring game. Spring football, you can't tackle the quarterback. It's another scrimmage. So having the right mindset, you know, every opportunity is a, uh, is an opportunity to improve. And uh, and we got a long way to go to be where we need to be as a football team. What I love is the mindset was great. Um, the buy-in's been great. Uh, we've This is going to be a player-driven football team uh, for us to, to go where we want to go. And the players have bought in. They, they call it a player um, a player walkthrough this morning, for example, um, which I found out after the fact. You know, we, we're limited in our time. You only get eight hours a week. And uh, and uh, they called a player only on spring game day, you know, where we gave him an opportunity to sleep in. And, and so I love that. I love that. That's what it looks like. And it's all those small things like that where you know the seed is taking root and uh, they're paying attention to everything that we, we, we do and say. And uh, so I just have a great thankfulness for our players. You know, again, um, our coaches have done an, uh, a terrific job of um, uh, bringing them along and uh, demanding excellence from them, but they've responded. And uh, that's what I love. And I thought today we're, we're, our guys all the way to the end were, were uh, focused and locked in and um, didn't have a casual or nonchalant mindset. And, uh, and that's easy to get to that spot. And so from a coaching staff, we've got to um, – we got to just continue to guide them and lead them and coach them and correct them. We can't grow weary. You know, you don't get what you, you know, expect. You get what you inspect. And so uh, we'll continue to do that as we reinforce the foundation of our program and, you know, what we want to be about, you know, how people see us when they watch us play. You want to send a message. You send a message every time you play. Every time you come on the practice field, you send a message. And, uh, and, and it's not... Uh, it's not the big things. It's always the little things. People are paying attention. So we had a few small things, but today was really a good day. Um, really pleased with our guys. Uh, the focus and the detail was there. We had a few things pregame that we need to uh, clean up, but uh, overall, by and large, I was really, really pleased. Speaking of players, over 200 the former win. players here today to support you and this program and this new era of Oklahoma football. A lot of guys you coached. A lot of guys you didn't coach. What did it mean to you and to this team to see that amount of former players here? Yeah, I mean, it means a great deal to us. First and foremost, I we pointed that out to our players before we came out today. You know, we're the 128th uh, team in the history of Oklahoma, 127 teams before y'all. And uh, so it's not all about you. You've got to have a humility uh, when you think of it that way. And um, I want our guys to understand of all the excellence that's been before them. And today was a great example of what that pride and what that love for the university looks like. Uh, they sent a message to our own players that soon enough they're going to be on the other side of it as well. And uh, the commitment, the loyalty uh, to your university 
Um, you hope that it's there, and, and I don't take it for granted because it's not like this everywhere. There's a, there's a reason why so many of our former players decide to make Oklahoma home when football's over. When they leave college, they come back. And uh, that's because they had a great college experience. The people um, are amazing here. Um, it's a giving. Uh, the people in this state are giving. They're blue-collar, just great work ethic, um, simplicity in how you live, uh, connected. Um, this is a university that um, there's no, there, there's not another university that takes uh, as much pride and passion and um, intensity um, for all things Oklahoma. So uh, that's what the message to me was, that they had a great experience. They love the university. Uh, they're hungry like everybody else. Uh, they're hungry for it. And, um, and because of how our players have engaged, how hard they've worked, I think people want to come out and, you know, watch how they do what they do. And today, again, I was proud of our players to respond the right way. Congrats, Coach. Great stuff. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, that's Brent Venables, guys. Yes, we get it. Plank, shut up. Well, you're doing the radio thing. you got to say that. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. That's pretty awesome. I guess I don't, you don't have to. I guess you could just say, so all I, right. I guess I could have edited out, oh, you wanted to have everyone hear him say thanks, Chris, you egomaniac. What really grabbed you from that? Uh, it's funny because I think it was Jim in Arlington tweeted it whenever he heard it, and I apologize that I didn't retweet it, but I was chasing a storm, or ra racing from a storm, that the players held a walkthrough on game day. <laughs> That's awesome. That they were giving, hey, listen, playing this afternoon at 3, you guys take your time, rest up, and we'll see you at whatever time. And if I understand BV's schedule correctly, I think there's a 5 a.m. run every morning. Uh, maybe a workout that's that's after it. And whenever he was up grinding, they started to get up to grind. And that fired me up. When he said that, I literally did a look at Gabe with like the, let's go. Because, again, it's a small thing, right? It's something that, you know, smart looks like, wow, well, they show up a couple hours early. What's the big deal? It's a big deal for a team that graduated, what, all of its captains? And a lot of its starters and has a whole new mindset? Yeah, Josh, to me, that is a big freaking deal that there is a player's only walkthrough. Absolutely it was. It shows that the buy-in is there from this group that they're going to take the initiative separate from the coaching staff to ensure that this lives up to the standard of Oklahoma football. So, no, you, you love hearing that stuff. Obviously, just listening to Brent there, the practice habits, practice habits, yeah. practice habits, practice habits need to be right. And I think we can come away from the spring game and say that feel like they are, at least so far. There's a lot. I mean, we haven't seen this team play a game. But there is a lot to love about the energy. It is unreal. And it's all – Game long. I spent time on both sidelines. And Todd Bates, passionate. Miguel Chavis, all over his guys. It's great to see. Learning. I love it. And you have a coach that's willing to go as in-depth as BV is, Brent Venables is, in order to kind of explain, hey, here's, here's what it meant and here's what we're going for. Here's that championship strain and what it looks like. Um, I like how he has... And, and he's coined it. I'm sure there is probably some things we can do with it. 
But the fact that it was the 128th team, you know, he mentioned that many times. He mentioned it during his his halftime promo that he cut. I mean, it was – I'm curious to see this, if that's going to become a theme. Hey, we're team 129. What 128 did, we're team 130. What happened before on team – I love that. I think it's cool. That is cool. And there does need to be at a place like Oklahoma an appreciation – that it's Oklahoma. You feel like most every group gets that and that there hasn't been a problem with that, but you know maybe it wasn't totally hammered home in the previous regime the way that perhaps it should be because you take the gridiron here at Oklahoma, it is hallowed ground. It is every moment is a it's a moment you got to cherish. Yeah. It's a privilege to get to play here at Oklahoma. Not everybody gets to do that. So, yeah, I, I think that's cool. Um, but a little breaking news since there was so much Baker this week, and there wasn't really too much about Baker's future, right? None at all. But oh, what was this one? Yeah, I think I – that's right. Sorry. I apologize. I left out Lindsey Elam. I kept saying five players with double-digit home runs this weekend, and I didn't have Lindsey on my list. I'll run laps for you there. Is that from is that from her dad? Because he's bigger than me, and he can beat me up. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. According to Ian Rappaport. By the way, I, I just that's such a smarmy way to say it. I guess you forgot. Yeah, I guess I did. I'm an a-hole. I purposely sat down and said, how can I ignore this sixth person with double-digit home runs? Yeah. Um, the Panthers are not expected to trade for Baker Mayfield prior to the first round of the draft. Well, yeah, everybody's hoping that they're going to cut him. Yeah, if they do it at all. Oh, if they do it at all. Thursday has to play out before any other options are considered. Carolina picks at six. I so they're think, thinking about drafting somebody. I don't. I don't think a quarterback's going in the top fifteen of this draft. I do. I, I, oh, you do? Oh, definitely. Always, Who? dude. I, I understand that, but I think we are getting a little bit smarter. The royal we. No, we're not. You don't think so? <laughs> Absolutely not. I hope you're right. I'd love to see someone There's, reach on Pickett and ruin everything for him. It's more likely that four quarterbacks get drafted <laughs> in the top fifteen than none. I would, I would still, I'd lean sl- slimmer numbers. I don't think anyone's too juiced about any of these guys, except for maybe Malik Willis, and maybe he goes higher. You know, I think three guarantees in the draft I have coming up a little bit later on in the show. Next segment. Next segment. Uh, one of those might involve a team not talking quarterback that could go quarterback. I feel good about one quarterback going in the first round. One. Um. But getting back to this, I've got Dylan Gabriel. I know Toby played that right before we started the show. Uh, and Danny Stutzman to share with you before we get out of nice. here. Nice. Yeah, I want to hear from the young man. <laughs> the next thing you know, Toby will have a midnight Zoom call and take a full-time TV job. <laughs> then you'll be the voice. I guarantee you this. Toby Rowland will never not be the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. QB number eight. Heisman number eight. Natty number eight. Well, let's just blow up a little bit. That's the expectation, right? That's where they want to be. I mean, the hope is that things do click that well. I guess I guess my 
Everyone wants to be undefeated and win a national championship every single year. I get that. I understand it. If I'm losing a game in Madden, I'm resetting it. I'm not losing a game. No. Right? No one wants to lose a game. But I think there's also this moment to where all this hype and all this energy is outstanding. But BV keeps saying it. Hey, man, we got to do it on the field. You know, our intent has to be with where we want to win a national championship or something of that nature. Not something of that nature. Uh, that's what we want. Period. But it, there's still some work to be done. I mean, what someone had tweeted in earlier, it's like, why? Why do you think they need help at quarterback? I don't know. I don't know if anyone has truly separated themselves at number two. I know that Ben uh, – who's, who's I believe, Crimson's guy? Ben Harris. Ben Harris. He got in the game a little bit. All the quarterbacks played. Micah Bowen had the big touchdown pass. But he was pretty inaccurate on a couple of other throws that I was like, oof. Mm-hmm. Man, maybe he was juiced. I don't know. But at least in what we saw Saturday – I wouldn't be surprised to see Oklahoma kind of sniffing around the portal to see who's who's there as an experienced arm. I just don't know if you're going to find anyone that's currently still in the portal or that maybe enters it because you've got, what, a week um, to earn that waiver. And I'm sure Oklahoma's going to have a handful of guys that enter the portal too. But I, I don't necessarily know if there's anyone out there right now that would just – that would be considered an upgrade over the backups that you have right now. Especially, yeah. I mean, JT Daniels went to West Virginia. He wants to play. Um, I think OU's all right at quarterback. You don't think they'll go transfer portal hunting? Nah. Nah. You've got uh, Arnold on the way shortly. To me, I mean, I don't know. Just using a scholarship to use a scholarship. I think you're okay. Um, Let's see. This is a pretty cool little setup from Las Vegas Sooner who said – that uh, he was able to watch and listen on Sooner Sports and then listen to, of course, the ref. Look at this setup. Pretty nice. Not too shabby. I could live with that. Little big screen. Um, I don't know. I don't know why more than anything else. I'm falling into that trap, though, Josh, of thinking that there needs to be another quarterback come in here. I mean, there's five currently on the roster, right? Yeah, Gabriel. Bowen, Rucker, Ben Evers. Harris, and Nick Evers. And I feel pretty confident with Nick, but I just again, if you're going into if you're going into week three of the season and, and you've got to start one of those other four or five, whatever that number is, is oof, that might be good. But again, I, I if anybody other like than Dylan Gabriel starts for Oklahoma this season, it's not going to go well. What what was the great line from when Peyton Manning was the quarterback and his Tom Moore was his offensive coordinator, and someone asked him, why doesn't Jim Sorge, the backup quarterback, get more reps <laughs> in practice? Have you ever heard this? <laughs> no. He goes, because if Peyton Manning doesn't play, we're effed. And we don't, we don't like practicing getting effed. So, in other words, <laughs> if you're throwing your backup quarterback in there, you're basically saying, hey, we're screwed anyway if 18's not out there. So, let's just make sure he's as good as he can I love be. it, man. That's honesty right there. That's like Jim Mora level yeah. honesty. Yeah, playoffs. All right, Um, have we taken our first break of the no, hour? No, no, oh, we never have. Okay. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll come back. Um, I owe you some draft guarantees, but I also owe you Danny Stutzman and Dylan Gabriel. We'll get Stutz next on the, on the Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 
Hour 3 of the Plank Show is brought to you by RoofTech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at RoofTech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Big, big week ahead. Taking a road trip on Wednesday after the show. Going up to Kansas City. Got a game on Thursday night. I'm doing ESPNU draft coverage on Thursday and Friday night, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Congratulations. Thanks, man. It's really exciting. It's I still nerd out getting to do post-game shows after things like that, and all I ever wanted to do was cover a draft, and I've got to do it four years running now, five years running now for SiriusXM, so that's awesome. And we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we're done with – Friday, Saturday, Sunday games this year. Well, I mean, I say we're done. Regionals and Super Regionals could play out that way, but let's go. It's it's here, Josh. Postseason's post almost upon here. us, yeah. And yep. the Big 12 championship for Sooner Softball will be decided in Norman because OSU is out of conference this weekend. And they swept Texas, which I'm I'm not necessarily surprised by. I just thought I thought you might get a little bit more of a fight from Texas. And their pitching held up. I think they got kind of hosed by the the doubleheader on Sunday. But again, what were you going to do? Thank goodness that they were able to get all three games in. Mother Nature was very weird in Oklahoma over the last 48 hours. Is it, is it going to rain nonstop? Well, part of it. Other part of it is beautiful right now. So, next week. Well, next Monday will be Bedlam week. This week, wrapping up the... The road swing of the season. This might be our final road trip of the year, Josh. Kansas City Thursday night, three games against Kansas. Oklahoma, I mean, even if the worst thing happens, you're still probably going to be a top eight seed, so your regionals and super regionals will be at home. Gas up the bus. One more roadie. And and then we'll wrap this thing up. Then we get to hear everybody complain about home field advantage for the Sooners. Um, Let me read this quick text message before we hit the Stutzman. Thank you. Why do you feel like Oklahoma needs to hit the portal for another quarterback? I think Evers Bowens are capable of playing good football and one of those two needs to step up and grab the bull by the horns. Are you hesitant because Evers doesn't have a lot of college experience or lack of experience with Levy? Uh, both. And I'm kind of echo chambering here. I won't lie to you. I've heard a lot of people say this and it just kind of seemed to make sense to me. But again, I I mean, you're looking at what six dudes total, five guys battling for a backup spot. It's a lot of capital, if you will, to invest in the quarterback position. Even though I don't know if Ralph Rucker is on scholarship or Ben Harris for that no. matter. No. I mean, you've got three scholarship quarterbacks. I mean, if someone enters the portal, then maybe. Like if a Micah Bowen hits the portal, which I don't think is gonna happen, maybe. Uh the one right below it, good question. How many guys do you think the portal – I'm sorry. How many guys do you think hit the portal now that spring ball is done? That's from Kendall. Who would be a legitimate candidate? Oh, well, I just had that. Oh, here it is. I had to blow up the roster because it was so small. Um, It's a good question. Maybe a guy like a Bryson Washington that I don't remember hearing a lot about on Saturday but seemed like he was out there some. That's a name that always stands out to me. Yeah, that'd be disappointing. I don't know. That's a good question. I just I threw that one out there because it was one of the first ones I thought of. I know that uh, there's sort of the narrative that oh well you know guys will get through the spring and eva- you know reevaluate 
what's going on with them and them transfer. I just kind of – I've always been more of the if you haven't transferred before spring, why now? Yeah. But, you know, I get that things can change a little bit as you get through the entirety of the spring. I just think that, to me, if you've stuck around this long, you're, you know, more than likely not going to be leaving. Um, yeah. Great question. But I don't like to play that game. I really don't. It's tough, and, and I'm not trying to be a jerk or act like I'm above it, but it's just – talking about a situation now where we're going to start debating who should and who shouldn't leave. I hope none of them do. I do. Um, and one more quick one before Stutzman. Assuming OU sweeps Kansas this weekend, what does OU have to do against OSU to win the outright Big 12 championship? Two of three. They would each go into the weekend with one conference loss. Somehow Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. Actually, I could see it now after watching how Iowa State played on a Friday. In fact, Oklahoma State should have lost twice to Iowa State. But, yeah, Oklahoma would have to win two of three. Good run. I mean, if Oklahoma State doesn't stub its toe on that Friday against Iowa State, they're coming in here undefeated, and you got to sweep them. So, and it seems like they're playing really well. Seems like they're playing really well. All right, let me, let me hit this real quick. This was Danny Stutzman post-game. I don't feel – the way I was trying to ask the question is just, okay, how have things changed now being involved as much as you are, uh, new defense. I don't know if it came out that way, but he gave a great answer. Take us through just the differences. How different is what you're experiencing this year with what Coach Venables and Coach Roof have defensively? Just a whole new world for you? I mean, um, not really. I mean, there's only so many defenses you can run. and um, It's just – it's good. Uh, the linebackers, they can just pretty much – we're free to make plays, and um, you know we got to do our job. You know, there's a lot of intent. We're all, he's always on us, pushing us to be great. And um, I mean, I don't really like to go into looking past. You know, it's kind of the rearview mirror type mentality, just always looking forward in the the windshield mentality. So that's what we're about here, and just very excited to keep looking forward, keep pushing ahead. Love it. How are you feeling? I'm great. Um, you know, it was kind of beat up. You know, it's physical spring game. That's how they all are, and. Um, I'm excited for you know the transformation phase of Schmitty. And I'll probably be 275, 280. <laughs> That's what they want me at. Really? So I'm very excited, yeah. So for you, what's what's that process like? How how close are you to that right now? I'm at a, a solid uh, 240 right now. So we'll probably put on another 60, 70 pounds. But uh, I'm very pumped. But, you know, actually, uh, wholeheartedly, I'm very excited for the summer. There's a lot of big changes going to be coming. And uh, I think our team's going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And uh, coming in the fall, we're going to look amazing. We're going to look great. And just be on the lookout for that. So I, I just want to jump in there real quick. He's totally trolling me, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. He, he's at his weight right now. Okay, that's what I thought. For that. So this summer, you've been a guy that's kind of been the Pied Piper on, on social media. You're getting fans fired up. There's Stutzman armies out there. What has that meant to you to see that support through what I'm sure was a wild off season? Yeah, I'm just kind of just – I love the fan support. You know, I'm going to be a loose guy. You know, but we step on that field, it's ready to go. Uh, kind of just keep on them. I love the fans here. There's crazy support, and um, I'm just happy to be a Sooner. Speaking of that, how about that crowd today? Amazing. Uh, I did not expect that. You know, obviously there's hype. It's going to pack the palace. But, dang, we really packed the palace. <laughs> I'm out there at 150 for, you know, kind of just checking it out. I'm like, there's still another hour and ten minutes till game time, and this thing's almost packed. And that's awesome, man. I, I love the fans here. They are amazing. I love the support. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you in the in, in the post game. So I'll wrap with this: your 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 dad is a guy that sets an example. He's obviously a fun dude, but what does that family support meant 
to you because it's coming from a place where they understand what you're going through in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I love my family. Um, you know, my dad, he's a he's a goofball, but, uh, you know, he's always on me. He's always pushing me. I mean, there's not one day where he's not asking about how football is going, and I, I just love the support. And, uh, you know, it's from both sides. My dad on me with the athletics. My mom's always pushing me on the academics. Um, people don't really know. I'm going to give her a shout-out. She played actually uh, Baylor basketball, so she needs more hype because she was actually the better athlete in the family. <laughs> Uh, my dad was just a slow tight end who could, who could just block. My mom was actually the point guard who didn't miss a free throw. <laughs> so that, that's my shout-out to mom right there. <laughs> Love it, man. Congrats. Great job today. Thank you so much. Enjoy that. I think he's going to become a regular on the post games. I really do. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, if he's out there making plays, then no doubt. Quick break. you got to be careful, though. He's going <laughs> to trick you and get you into trouble. Yeah, I know, right? I Literally, when he said – 275, 280. I was like, they don't want him to be 275, 280. <laughs> Didn't they? Oh, man. I'm glad I didn't tweet anything on that because I started looking up it on the roster. And I'm like, ain't no 280 pound backers. No. What's, he, what's he doing? No. And he looked at me dead set with a straight face. Like, he knows what he's doing. What do you got now? He's, he's like, a oh, fun 245, kid, man. but I'll get there. He's a fun kid. <laughs> All right, quick break. Um, when we come back, a little news from Josh and Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Dylan Gabriel joins us in the locker room, man. How did it feel out there today? Felt, man, it felt really good. Um, was super excited um, just to get out there and step on the field with a bunch of new dudes. But for the most part, man, I was just super excited to to get out there in front of Sooner Nation and then Likewise, show show what we you know we'll start to do, you know, headed into summer. How, how was it for you having to go back and forth with both teams? I mean, I was like, man, he's got to get tired just jogging across the field in between possessions. How, how was balancing that for you? It was new to me, um, but it was super fun. It was you know I felt conflicted at times, and I know there's that one, there's a turnover, and then we go back and throw a touchdown, and I definitely got some you know I mean some stuff from the guys for that, but. Um, <laughs> Definitely just a fun experience, um, and I got to throw to a bunch of bunch of dudes and, and play with a bunch of dudes, so I think that um, just is, is good things going into summer. How did you feel about the communication, getting the play in, playing with that tempo? How did you feel that was executed today? Felt good. Um, of course, there's a bunch of things to clean up, and it'll forever will be, but um, I just love how you know everyone competed on both sides, um, continued to compete, whether it's up and down. You know, and the white team almost closed it out at the end. But just a bunch of learning um, experiences from that two-minute, how to handle certain situations, um, third and longs, when to take a sack, when not to. So uh, just a lot, a lot to learn from. Overall, just looking at the spring as a whole, right? You get it in the winter, get to start developing the relationships, the chemistry with your teammates. Now you've got an entire spring ball under your belt. Just how are you feeling being part of Oklahoma football? Feel really good. I'm I'm blessed to be here, and uh, I'm super privileged to be here, man. Like uh, I can't say it enough, man. I'm honored to play in this position because I know, um, you know, not everyone gets to, and and um, like I said, I'm blessed to play in, blessed to play with a bunch of great dudes, and um, going into summer, I think this is just you know great momentum, um, but we definitely got some work cut out for us uh, to continue to make strides and get better every single day. What's that like for you, stepping into a situation where it's a new coach, obviously, but an offensive mindset you're familiar with? New guys, and you got to be a leader. So what's that been like for you mentally, and how have you kind of compartmentalized that? 
I think I've learned a lot in, through my, all my experiences. Um, you know, being a freshman, you know, starting in high school, having to lead a bunch of dudes that are four years older than me or three years older. And then likewise, you know, when I got into college, starting as a freshman. So I just learned from a lot of those experiences, learned how to, you know, kind of talk to older, older people. But now, you know, I'm in, in the older side and in the veteran side of the, the room and just feel like, you know, I, I've learned so much in a lot of my experiences. So just taking what I learned from that, uh, you know, applying it to here and, and continue to, you know, gain their trust through not only the way I play, but the way I handle myself, you know, inside and outside the, the facility. You mentioned being excited to get out there in front of Sooner Nation for the first time. 75,360 show up for a spring game. Just how how did that feel for you and your teammates to see the fan base come out and support you all the way that they did? You know, Coach B, or BV always says it, man, it's, it's special. Um, this is something that, you know, they're, they're, no one can replicate it. You know what I mean? And they, they truly mean it when there's only one. There's only one Oklahoma. And um, the fans, Sooner Nation, uh, the way they just supported us. And, you know, it's a spring game. And I, I think just I, I can't even put to words what, what it will be like, you know, that first game um, and, and throughout the season. So, like I said, we're, we're blessed to be in this position and have a bunch of fans that love us. We got family with us today, friends? We do. We got we a got, live audience here. Yeah, got <laughs> got uh, my girlfriend, Zoe, got her sister, Elle, and they got my, my little brother, Roman. So I'm so glad, you know, I got the family here. They're all part of the family now. Congrats, yeah. man. Great job. Thank you so much. There you go. Oh, sorry. There you go. Did we do that coming out of the break? Welcome back into the Plank Show. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> I finally found out how to get these text messages on it's my It's okay. I, computer. The people heard from you a little bit because I had your mic up there. So. Well, was I yelling at Perry? <laughs> yeah. So I had to. Sorry. sorry about that, people. My bad. At least I didn't cuss, which was definitely a possibility because I have been fighting with this thing quite a bit. I will not lie to you. <laughs> He's an impressive kid, isn't he? What'd you think watching him Saturday? I thought he was good. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, would like to have the interception back. I just think, you know, kind of across the board in general, if there was something, if there were a couple of things to be maybe less than enthused about, and again, it's tough to judge because you've got offensive linemen split up, but it wasn't necessarily an outstanding day for the offensive line, so that's an area they can improve. And then just turnovers. Uh, One from Dylan Gabriel, the fumble wasn't great. Uh, Actually, a couple of fumbles, right, Uh, for both teams. So. Mm -hmm. That could be cleaned up, but generally speaking, just specific to Dylan Gabriel, yeah, I, I thought he looked good. I mean, seemed to, again, that word command gets thrown around a lot. Him commanding the offense, understanding, you know, where the football needs to get to and what the offense is designed to do and running the tempo and just being in control of all of it. And I thought we got a good glimpse that that is the case so far. Dennis Stats Kelly sent us a few notes. Ah. Dylan Gabriel passing for both squads, 19 of 28, 250 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Mm-hmm. His interception was for the white team, which led to the winning touchdown for the red, which is kind of what he was talking about. He's like, you know, he's like sorry, guys. And then you head over Kindle to the Dennis. That happened right in front of me. That happened right in front of me. And it's nice to see KD make a play in Oklahoma. Was, yeah, Mr. Unreliable. <laughs> who, who was the receiver? I'm trying to remember who the receiver was, but he had a step. Farouk? Was it, it was Farouk. You're right. And I don't know 
maybe it's a Jeff Levy or a Teddy Lehman question. I don't know if he kind of underthrew him and just give credit to Dennis who made a heck of a play or if that should have been a route that was a little bit more back shoulder and Farouk should have engaged in that. I don't know, but it was a heck of a play. I mean, literally, it happened right. Oh, I think that was a celebration that I got caught in. It was. I was standing, and as soon as he caught, I started backing up. And I kept. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I'm in this. I'm in this. Yeah. There's no. There's no getting away. There's no getting away from it. Like you back up, you back up, and all of a sudden you're behind. You're like, yeah, way to go. Run Let's into go. That brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, we got a break. What about What about you? I mean, you thought Dylan Gabriel looked good. Yeah, I did. He's there, there's two things about Dylan Gabriel that kind of you notice right away. Number one, he's maybe a little shorter than you thought. That's that's not. I mean, I'm a short, tubby dude, but I'm just saying. Everyone's like, oh, he's so much like. Ba-. I think he's shorter than Baker. Oh, really? I think so. And uh, it's just he's really taller than Kyler. Maybe by a skosh. Like he was, he was a little smaller than I thought he would be. Uh, but then, secondly, he's he's really got. I mean, that's why I asked him about the leadership because he really seems to have command of things. Like he's the man. There's no doubt who's the quarterback of that team, and that's pretty wild for a guy that's been on campus for what four months. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's an experienced college sure. quarterback. That was a nice, uh, nice throw he had to Theo Weiss. Dylan um, or Jeff Lebby ran 102 plays wow. <laughs> during the spring game. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's not not a full game. Um, all right, quick break. We'll come back. Are we wrapping up when we come back? We're done, dude. Right, Show's right. over. We'll wrap it up with some other stories to tie up loose ends. It's Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Um, on our oh, so many good things off. Sorry, I'll bring the music down. Oh, no worries. I uh, just just enjoy jamming, you know. Well, when you get Matchbox Twenty, you got to. There's certain things that. I, I won't lie, I kind of get twiggered on. I, what? Triggered on. You're like a Tweety Bird. Like this dude, Um, when I tweeted, what was your biggest takeaway from the spring game? He said that 75,000 farmers found enough parking spaces to park their John Deere tractors. Yeah, you know. I don't. The, I don't. It is amazing how many USC fans, and I know we've got this, this tiff between OU fans and USC fans, and it's not going away anytime soon, maybe ever. But, you know, it, it, it is fascinating how many USC fans, and not just USC fans, but fans of other big-time college football programs will come in with that lame argument. Texas fans, oh, there's just not much to do in Norman. Not much to do in Norman on a Saturday. I could go to the beach or I could yeah. go to this concert. Or do okay, well, that's great. There's also one damn spring game a year, <laughs> so you clearly don't care that much about your college football program. And, you know, it's okay It's okay to just give kudos to Oklahoma, to Georgia, mm-hmm. to Nebraska. I mean, dude, Nebraska has been awful, awful for years, and they got 54,000 people to go to their spring game. I mean, it's okay to give credit where credit's due. It's it's not hard to stop from them and be like, not everyone in Oklahoma owns a farm or has a tractor. A lot of us have trucks. 
But not all of us have a tractor. Tractors are expensive. Yeah. Well, I got um, news for you. Oklahoma is much more like Kansas right. than it is a Kansas state or an Oklahoma state. It is – yeah, it's just – I don't know. The, the idea that it's this big country fan base is it's, totally It's funny, inaccurate. too. I, I heard someone say this last night, so I'm parroting it a bit. And they're like, oh, there's so much more to do. I'm like – People usually end up doing the same three things over and over and over again. So it's not like you're magically experiment are experiencing something radically different every single day of the week. You got those options, well, they also cost money. Man, Los Angeles, you got to love it where you can uh, <laughs> brag about all the cool things you can do in L.A. while you're stuck in traffic on the freeway. Uh, Michael writes, the pace, focus, and intentional movement by the players and the coaches was real. Only 15 practices in – and this team seems to be more organized, more focused, and better coached. There seems to be no wasted movement anywhere on the field. A completely different vibe in Norman. It is kind of, I mean, everything feels really positive, but. <laughs> Got to win some games. Yeah, I just am curious to see how next season's going to play out because right now it's all sunshine and rainbows. Yep. It's all positive. Uh, Dry Fit Venables writes, the fan base is rejuvenated and as invested as I've ever seen. My speculation was maybe 60K, and even that would have been great. 76K, wow. Um, <laughs> OU as a, def- as a defense program writes, the crowd that showed up to bring it in the BV era of football was incredible. Um, Roger writes, that, that it is great to be part of a Sooner Nation. One Sydney Joy Romero, when asked, what really stood out from the spring game replied with that traffic. <laughs> My man, Sooner Terry, had a little pre-tailgate nap love that he Su- shared with us. Love Sooner Terry. Um, Jesse writes, a lot of people were there that are not normally there, which is cool and at certain moments annoying. Oh, yeah, there was, there was, a, there was a lot of that. Um, Andrew, we have some really good young talent all over the field. Uh, he specifically mentions Tawi Walker is yeah, the truth, and uh, I expect him to be on scholarship. Maybe I'm dead wrong on this one, but I'm going to pump the brakes on Tawi Walker. Um, Ronnie writes the fan base being re-energized. Jared, tackling was way better, and our defensive backs were playing much more aggressively. Uh, we'll have more of those. Uh, there was a couple. Hey, what's offensive line needs some work, things of that nature. But, again, like I said, I think it's it's really hard to tell that from a spring game. Really is. All right, um, quick break. Coming up next, Steel Man and Thune at noon. All right, we haven't talked a lot about the recruiting side of things. You know why? Because Parker's all over it next right here on The Ref.